0: How many of you were here um, last Sunday? If you are here, can I see your name? Oh, a few of you. So have some new people with us today. That's wonderful. Today is our second, our church is two weeks old. Praise God. Glory, glory! Today we are two weeks old. Think about, you know, when I was thinking about it, I remember when my boy was two weeks old. He was so small. Last week two weeks old today and we thank God that we are moving by the grace of God. Praise God. The Bible says it's not by strength. It says by strength, and not by It says, boy, it is by the spirit. And the things that we do is by the spirit. The Bible says that they that are led by the spirit is that these ones are the son of God. I'm seeing some faces that by know. <laughs> nice to see you. you know yourself. Praise the Lord. Last week we began a new, brand new series. It's titled God without religion, right? How did we define religion last week, Sunday? We said religion means a return to bondage. That is actually what it really means because according from the Latin word re, re means um, to go back, and then larry um, um, means um, again, right? That's bondage, to be bound, to be bound. So, to put them together, religion means to return to bondage. So, someone, anybody, anybody that tell you that I'm a religious man, the guy is telling you that I'm a man of bondage. It's as simple as that. Praise God. Yes. Of course, if you are feeling informed and they ask you, What's your religion? You can't say you don't have religion. You have to put Christianity there because that's what they understand. And sometimes the government will make legislations based on those information. So, you have to be smart. That would say be. Wise are serving God. Have you? Yeah, it's wise. So don't be foolish. So don't say, because I don't have a religion, I'm not feeling it in the form. That's what you understand. Are you following? But you, as a child of God, you've got to know what you have. What you have is not a religion. Praise God. I mean, if Jesus came to establish a religion, there was no point in coming. You should have just stayed back where he was. So continue, I like the way it is. So last week, we began to see. The old covenant and the new covenant. We explained that the old testament is the contract that God had with Moses. That's what we talked about. Do you remember that? And then we talked about the New Testament or the New Covenant that God caught with himself. Praise God. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse Uh, 9. Hello? Hebrews 8, 9. Okay. Can you see it in your Bible? Who has NIV? NIV is going to be very nice. It says, Hebrews 8-9. Anybody has NIV? Anyone have NIV in this place? King James. What about King James? Most people have King James. Nobody has NIV in this place. Uh Aha. Can I have the mic? chapter eight verse nine. Hebrews chapter eight verse nine. What's exciting you? <laughs> chapter eight verse nine. It says, Yes, go ahead. It's not like the covenants I made with their ancestors uh-huh. when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Uh huh. Because they did not remain faithful to my covenants. Yes. And I turned away from them. So the problem. Yes, thank you so much. God bless you. The problem with the old te- the old covenant was that. They were unfaithful to keep it. Moses failed. David failed. Solomon failed. All the men of old, under the law, even Moses himself failed. They all were unfaithful. I mean, with all their ability, they couldn't keep the law. Nobody could keep the law. Bible says that they were unfaithful. That was the number one problem that God had in the old covenant. So, in the new covenant, God has solved that problem of faith hallelujah Amen. how did he do it when god cut the new covenant with jesus christ he didn't cut it with us we are not in covenant with god hmm? hello hello jesus cut the covenant with himself that's what he did the covenant He cut was with himself so it was god cutting a covenant with god it was the same type of arrangement that god had with the abrahamic covenant when Abraham was about to cut the covenant with, with God, God put him to sleep. And God cut the covenant with himself before the guy woke up. The covenant was done. That's the reason why the Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant. But Moses' covenant is a conditional covenant. Are you following? Now, Jesus' covenant also is an unconditional covenant. Praise God. I said, Praise God. Are you in this morning? I want to hear your voice this morning. Praise God, hallelujah. Say, we are in the new covenant. I said, So, the problem with the old covenant was that they were unfaithful to keep those laws. Because the reason, the truth about the matter is the secret of the new way is is not about us. Instead, it's about God's faithfulness to Himself. Whatever God has told you in the new covenant, He is faithful to Himself. Praise God. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 16. Let's look at how God called this covenant. Hebrews 6 from verse 16. I'm reading from NIV. It says, people swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirm what is said and put an end to all argument. For instance, if you're having an argument with somebody, at the that you swear, right? What do you mean? They mean you swear to somebody greater than yourself. They want to be sure you're saying the truth. Now, if a man promises something, the man can fail, is that correct? <laughs> Human beings can promise a word, You have promised a word? How many of them have you before? So many. Good. Now, you want to ensure that this guy is not going to promise and fail You say, okay, cut the covenant or do an oath. So maybe do some kind of ritual. Maybe using blood and see if you do this thing. It's not like some. I watched a movie years ago when I was little. There was a guy that, a lady and a guy, they wanted to ensure that nothing would come against their relationship. So the promise was not enough for the lady. So he said, let them do blood. He said, he cut, cut among blood. He cut it over. They joined together. And they said words. And God hold them accountable. And the punishment of breaking an oath is death. In the same way, David caught a covenant with Jonathan. Are you seeing that? And David brought an animal and slaughtered it and went around it. Jonathan also went around the same animal. But what they are saying is, if I ever default, let what happened to this animal happen to me. That's the definition of oath. But listen, listen. If God will promise you anything, God will never fail. Can you say amen? amen. God's promise is enough. It's enough. But because of human feeling, because of human failures and the spirit of life, God has No problem. I will not only promise you, I will also make an oath on top of it. So that is, is, is called the double inevitability of God. God cannot promise and fail. Can you say amen? amen. I said, God cannot promise and fail. Verse 17 says, Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the air of what was promised. He confounded with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, the first unchangeable thing is God's promise. The second unchangeable thing is God's oath. Are you following? So by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Say it's, it's impossible for God to lie. It says, We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. 19 says, We have this hope and an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Wherefore, our Father Jesus Christ entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Can you say Amen? amen. So, the new plan is God with Himself. It is God and God. God promised to Himself. <laughs> Look at this. God promised to Himself. When Jesus will remember, Jesus is God, right? So when God, when Jesus was down on the cross, God called the Father called the covenant with His Son, Jesus Christ. So it is God cutting covenant with Jesus. Are you following? Are you following what I'm saying? Courage, yes. please come. Blessing, please come. And then Mary, please come. I want to explain to you that you get it very well. Now, Imagine this is Papa God, the Father, in heaven, right? So this guy is the God that Father that's on the throne. Are you following? Yeah. Oh no, let me know if that's all you. Imagine this is a young guy, right? He's about to be your husband. And right. come. And yeah. yeah, this is his wife. Are you following? Yeah. This is his wife, right? <laughs> now, Now, hold on, hold on. The marriage covenant is between. Him he and her, is that correct? Right? Now, imagine this is their own child. <laughs> now, Henry is the firstborn of the family. Are you following? So, Henry now comes behind you. They're behind the family now. Good. So, courage is the husband, blessing is the wife. Then, their first child is Henry. Hold on. Among these three, who has a covenant? Who, is who? Who, 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 who are the two in covenant? Husband and wife. They have the what? A marriage covenant now henry is only a benefactor of the covenant are you following now henry's faithfulness or faithfulness has nothing to do with the covenant he will continue to enjoy the benefits of what the covenant i know that the covenant remains is a benefactor he will enjoy everything that he can get from his daddy and his mama are you following yes. now this is god this is jesus this is us are you seeing that so, think about it. Will God lie? Will God's promise fail? Will his oath be cancelled? In the same way, every benefit for us in Christ will never fail. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? There's nothing. Listen, listen. Henry is their son not because they like him. I see that. Henry is their son not because he's a good boy. How are you their son? He's their son by bets. Even your father said, I disown you. you don't disown you with mouth. If they check the DNA, his DNA is inside the song. He cannot disown that the DNA will change. Praise God. That's the same relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. The moment you join that family of oh God, you are one together with Him. You are enjoying the benefits of the covenant. I assume that. So, whatever agreement they have with themselves, you enjoy it. You enjoy, for instance, now, if you're a child, you stay your parents' house, you're enjoying the covenant, you're enjoying the blessing there there's food there, you're enjoying the food. Whatever's in the house, you're enjoying the TV there, you're enjoying the TV a benefactor of the covenant. But listen, this is the beautiful part. The Bible says that not only are we Heirs of God, it says that we are joint Heirs with Christ. Now, joint heir is not the same thing as school heir Are you following what I'm saying? For instance, Mohammed and I, we have a joint account. Joint account he has 100% right to the account. So I have 100% right to the account. It's not 50 50, it is 100. 100 Hello? Now, whatever God has given to Jesus Christ also belongs to me. Can you, are you hearing what I'm telling you? Because we are joint heirs, I'm a joint heir with Christ. Joint with Christ. <laughs> is Jesus broke. Hello? I said, Jesus broke? Yes, okay, then I'm a joint heir to what? Yes, that's it. So, Anything you think about Jesus, that the Bible says, as He is, so are we in this world. Not as He was, as He is present, things now, so are we in this world. Jesus Christ is sitting with the Father in heaven, we are still with the Father in heaven. We are still above principalities and powers, above the rulers and darkness of this world. That's the reason why no devil can pull us down. Can you say Amen? amen. It doesn't matter what the devil did against us, we'll keep flying. Yes. The devil through your best will keep flying. Nothing he can do to bring us down. Absolutely nothing. Thank you very much. God bless you. Can you put your hands together for them? Wonderful. Moment. Praise God. All right. So now, <laughs> someone is in my song. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. So write this down. Under the old way, God grew angry at Israel for their sin. Under the new way, we are saved from God's anger. Romans chapter 5 verse 9 Romans 5 9 Romans 5 9 I'll read it says since we have now been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Praise God So in the old covenant God was angry because we are sin In the new testament we are free from God's anger Why? Because God has poured all his anger his son Jesus Christ on the cross. When Jesus was dying for sin, God took all the anger of history, of life, and poured everything on Jesus. That was why Jesus said to his father, He says, My father, my father, he says, Why have you forsaken me? Because that's the first time God turned his back on his son. The first time, why did God turn his back? Because of sin. God cannot behold sin. Praise God. And Jesus became our priest of sin. He was made the very essence of sin. And God couldn't stand. God judged him. Baptist He was speaking of God and also of men. Men beat him, God also beat him. So he took our punishment of sin so that today we can stand boldly in God's presence. Praise God. Okay. So anytime the devil accuse you or tries to make you feel pity or them he's a liar. Say it's a liar. Yeah. Why? You know, I tell some you know, I remember years ago, uh, I used to say that God has forgiven us of our present. Of our past, current, and future sin. <laughs> then the Holy Spirit told me that is dilution. I said, Dilution, he said, Yeah. Then I asked a question Brother, please come. Pastor, please come. Now, since Pastor here, right? So, when did Jesus Christ die for your sin? Isn't it that you confess your sin that he died for your sin? Yeah. He yeah, died before. When? When did he did that? <laughs> yeah. When I was born. Okay, so are you saying that before you were born, Jesus Christ already paid for all your sin? <laughs> no? That's right. Okay. Now, it took time to say it, right? <laughs> that's the part I want to get you. Now listen very listen very well. Now when you come to me and say, Oh Father, I'm a sinner, forgive me of all my sin. Was it that day forgive you? Was it that day he forgave you? Remember, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So you can't ask for forgiveness with mouths. No, you, you must bring blood. I love you do blood to God. <laughs> <laughs> I love you do blood. So, God, I to forgive my sin that I'm that animal. You, know, you don't do that. It is in the Old Testament. Listen, the reason you don't do it is because another man has spilled his own blood. When Jesus died for your sin, all your sin was future. Before you were born, he already paid. Why could he do it? Because Jesus Christ is eternal. Life. Is beyond the realm of time and space. Praise God. It is the beginning and the end. So before you were born, your sin was already paid. The question is, have you received forgiveness of sins? That's the question today. So when you come to receive, remember, you come to receive salvation. If you're if you're not saved, you receive salvation. The same way you receive it, you receive. Forgiveness of sins. Can you say amen? amen? For instance, if I pay one million into your bank account, right, and you don't know about it, you will live like a man that does not have one million naira. Is that correct? Because you don't know. Lack of knowledge is the problem. You don't know. The day you know, ah, you say ah, one million, hey, I'm going to be back now. If you miss five hours, you say five hours that place to get that money out. But well, because you don't know, you are there praying for God oh God, give me 10,000, give me 10,000 and one inside your bank account. That's the problem with many Christians. They don't know what is going in their lives. do yeah. You know what they have inside is that they are looking for bread and crumbs when they have the substance. Yeah. Hallelujah. Say I have substance. I have substance. Yes, don't, don't look for crumbs. Go for the bread. Praise God. Yeah. Healing. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. Praise God. It's bread. How many of you can afford to buy bread? Okay, I mean you cannot afford to buy bread. If you can't buy bread, I'll buy bread for you today. <laughs> Everybody can buy bread. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. That means it is for every Christian. The Bible says you do, you, you, you will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. You like this, not the pastor. The Bible says these signs, Mark 16 15, say these signs shall follow the pastors. Is that what you said in your Bible? Yeah. These signs will follow the holy Christians. Is that what you said in your Bible? These signs will follow the prophets. Is that what it says in your Bible? These signs will follow the evangelists. Is that what it says in your Bible? He said these signs will follow them that believe. He says in my name they will cast out devils. Listen, the first instrument of having the name of Jesus to cast out devils. Because devils have to be cast out. Sometimes it may be in your office place. It may be in your workplace. It may be in your house. It may be in your person. You have to cast the devil out. Praise God. Remember, devils have lived in this earth more than more than human beings, the entire human race. They've been here before humans were even created. So they understand human beings. Are you what I'm telling you? Somebody said that. (laughs) Somebody said, stop telling all your friends about everything that happened in your life, so that your enemies will not know. So I thought, when he said that, I thought about it. Here again. He said, Stop telling your friends everything about your life so that your enemies will not know. So the question of who are the enemies? Put for thoughts. Go and think about it. You know, some poor people, everything about their life is on the streets. Everything on the streets, they know the food they ate today. They know what they were yesterday. Everything about their life, they are like movie. And then they are complaining, devil attacking because the devil will only act on information. They are, they are what is called familiar spirits. Familiar spirits are spirits that are familiar with you. Are you getting the point? It's like your friend is familiar with you. That's what familiar spirit is. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Alright. <Hallelujah. laughs> Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 3, 6. He said, He has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter. Of the Spirit, for the letter kill It, it says, "For the Spirit gives life." Verse seven. Who okay, can read verse seven for me? Who okay, can read verse seven? Now, if the ministry that brought death, uh-huh. which was engraved in letters, uh-huh. uh-huh. come with glory, uh-huh. so that the Israelites could not look steadily uh-huh. at the face of Moses because of its military. just verse seven you. So, the Bible calls the Old Covenant the Ministry of Condemnation. That is the Ministry. The Ministry of the law is the Ministry of Condemnation. The Ministry of the New Covenant is the Ministry of the Spirit. Hallelujah! I said Hallelujah! Amen. So, when somebody says, oh, we've got to keep the law," the person is saying that we've got to continue to minister condemnation to the hearts of people. That's what the person is basically saying because the Old Testament is the ministry of condemnation. But the, new, but the Bible says that we are able ministers of the new covenant. That's why I said that the only thing the church should teach to be is the new covenant and nothing else because God has enabled us as ministers of the new covenant. Can you say amen? Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. So people under, I do you know something? Those that are under the law, they become cold. They become, they, they become judgmental, they become hard. Do you know that? Let me show you why. Romans chapter 2, verse 21. Romans 2, 21. I read. It says, you then who, 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 who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? <laughs> you who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who adore idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So many people, they will stand and say, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, but they themselves are doing it. That's what the Bible says. It says, you are telling the man, don't do this, but you yourself are doing it. That's what happens before the law, because the law will always produce sin. Praise God. So what exactly is the problem of the old way? The Lord points his holy finger at us and silences everyone. Hallelujah. The reason, there's a reason why God gave the law Moses. And you've got to understand the reason. And you've got to understand the purpose of the Lord. The purpose of the Lord is not for the church today. The church only has business with the spirits. Are you hearing? The Bible says that if you are led by the spirits, you are not under the law. You, are, you either choose law or you choose spirit. Either I choose spirit or you choose law. You can't combine both. Combining both is dangerous. Combining both is deadly. The Bible says it's better you are a hot Christian or a cold Christian. Don't be lukewarm. He said, You are lukewarm. I'll spit you out of my mouth. Tell someone, you better be hot or cold. Or choose to be hot. Refuse to be lukewarm. Refuse to be lukewarm. Galatians 3 was there. Listen, you know, when it comes to spiritual things, you either choose one, one way, be cool for the devil or be hot for you. Don't choose one leg in your one. No, be hot or cool. Are hear you hearing what I'm telling you? Because the devil does not smile. He may smile at you, but he's not smiling inside Are you what I'm telling you? When he's attacking, he's not smiling. If you give the devil one inch, he will go through twenty miles. What opportunity? You will take the whole thing. Galatians 3:10. It says, For as many are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continued not in all the things which are written in the book of the Lord to do them. Listen, some people say we've got to keep the ten commandments. The Bible says that if you are of the works of the law, you are under the curse. That's what the Bible says. It says, Because you must continue in everything. Do you know that, in the law of Moses, you are not allowed to eat pork meat? Do you How many of you have eaten pork? That means, according to the law of Moses, you should have been dead by now. It's a fact. It's not a joke. matter. God said don't eat pork. Some of you are wondering why they don't eat pork. They call it from the Bible. God said don't eat pork It's not allowed in Scripture. Read your Bible it's not allowed. I told you last week, in Scripture, a man is not allowed to shave his beans. So you from know, come coming to call be guns. Beagans. God said, don't shake your beards. leave it like that. That's the reason why if you look at what word all those these days of the scripture, you see Moses' bears. You see Paul's beards. You in fact, let me surprise you. In the old covenant, all of you here are sinners. Shall I tell you why? Because all of you, your hair is open. When you come to God's prayer, you are supposed to cover your hair. Everything to be covered. Both men and female. <laughs> Both men and female. That will, that's why if you notice know in Scripture, every time you watch church, every time you wants to pray, it will come out veil. Even Jesus Christ will come out veil Because the old covenant, we don't come to the God's presence without covering of veil. Both men and female. But today in the church, if a guy wears a scarf, or the usher wants to be, say, ah, yeah, we are in praise of God, remove your scarf. How does <laughs> scarf, have to move. How does scarf, have to so how does that to do with Spirit? How does do Spirit? Nothing, a thousand times or nothing. In fact, somebody says, but the Bible says that the men should cover, no, the woman should cover their head, right? And the men should not cover their head because the Bible says that the, the head of the woman is what? Is the man. And the head of man is who? Jesus Christ. Okay, let me have my family here. We are coming. You have to, you have to just scatter this thing now. Yeah, we don't talk, we don't talk popular things. Teach Bible. Come. Who can open that? First Corinthians eleven. Let's do this, so you follow me. So you are the, you are the man. I mean, you? you are the woman. Actually, the Bible actually refers to husband and wife. The head. Not, not that every man is your head. Ladies, are you hearing me? Not every man is your head. Hmm? Before every man tell you sanity, no, it's only your husband that is your head. So if you check it very carefully, it says that the head of the of the wife is the husband. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm telling you? Before one man, you tell you that God, the Bible says that every woman that is, have your head. No, it's not true. It's only your husband that is your head. Is that okay? Now, so if you want to that scripture. The head covering is not even for single ladies in the first place. It should only be for married women, right? But let's see by the The Bible says that the head of of the woman is the man. Question, what is this? Eh? So, where is the head? No, in your body, where is the head? Eh? Where is the head? So, you can't see the head, right? So, the Bible says that the head of the woman, the head of the woman is who? Is the man. Okay, so let's get now. Now this man is this woman's head. Are you following? Yes. Now, now this is this is Christ down here. Bible says the head of the man is who? Is who? So this is Jesus Christ. So he is this guy's head, right? And then these guys, then a head is this guy. Now the Bible says this. It says that. When a woman wants to prophesy or pray, that she should cover what? Uh cover who? Uh, cover uh, what now talk now. No, 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 read, no, no, according to the Bible. Cover who? Is it he hair or head? Hair he or head? head? Are there two differences? Yes. Let me the same thing. No. Okay, good. So cover yes. what the hair. So when she's coming to Literally, she so supposed to be covering those body like this, so I'm going to church. <laughs> That's what the Bible says, he covered the head because the head of the woman is man. Then he says that when the man wants to prophesy, he should not cover his head. And the teaching is saying that the man should always expose Christ. That's what he's saying, don't cover Christ in your family. Let your family know that Christ is the head of his home. Let them know that it's Jesus Christ as the leading of the woman in the glory of the woman. The Bible talked about the head. So it's not mixing words together. In that same scripture. God bless you. Thank you very much. God come on. Glory, glory, glory. glory to God. So nobody is going to wake up to church. God has not been there to car. Is that okay? Is that okay? That's right. Listen, don't return to bondage. Tell somebody, don't return to bondage. Don't return to bondage. We are doing God without religion. Some people have become so religious in their life, they have become so bound, they are in bondage. I remember then, when we were in church, we want to pray. You see all the legs looking for, lion bar, black lion bar. back. You can't eat, come on, head, come on, head. You think the demons are afraid of the leather? <laughs> they are not the same When the devil starts dealing with you, you forget about even the they Or imagine if you are in a crisis, you don't have to go I said, be led by the Spirit. That's the way to believe by the spirit. Yes. God wants you to be modest. If you want to cover your head, fine. If you want to cover it, fine. I am telling you. In fact, the Bible says that some, some, some people say that the man should not cover his head, right? Other than the please Let me use that analogy. <laughs> the Bible says that the man should not cover his He Should not cover his, what? his head. Is head. So. He is the one who the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> then, all of you that are made in this place, all of you are the sinners. Because your head has already covered the head. Are you here to your it? God <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Yes. So, if you want to follow scripture, follow his own. This is keeping his beard and Bible stickers, right? Follow his own. You go down the road. Hallelujah. And listen, 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 well. James said that if you offend in one, you offend in all. See, in the law, you can't keep 1% or 99 or in between. You keep 100% or nothing. You must choose all or you keep nothing. Are you getting the point? So you can't say, oh, for me, you know sometimes you know people, they deceive themselves. They say, uh, I want to confess all my sins to God. And then they say, oh, Father, forgive me for stealing, forgive me for telling lies." forgive me for sleeping with that lady forgive me for lying so ask them the day you were afraid of cockroach did you ask no forgiveness? or the day you were worried did you ever ask God I forgive you for worrying because you think that worry is not a sin you think that fear is not a sin it's a sin because those things were expressions of fear of lack of faith that's why you are worried or you are fearful it's sin Bible says anything that is, of faith is sin. So why don't you confess when you are afraid? The date did day that um, one cruise past the reverse and Father forgive me for being afraid. Why don't you do it? You see, people, people think that they can keep it, but you can't keep it. If you want to follow it, follow it very, very, follow it very, very or forget about it. So you can't choose. Galatians, okay, we're read Galatians 3:10, right? Now James chapter 2, verse 10. James 2 10. Are you there? Want to go read? <coughs> Want to go read? For mm-hmm. whoever uh-huh. is it of breaking Isn't me that said it or your Bible said it? He's saying that if you lie, eh, you are guilty of all sin. That means you are guilty. Listen. That means you are guilty of fornication, you are guilty of covetousness, you are guilty of the mother, you are guilty of what you did. You don't know the commandment. don't know the commandment. You know? Okay, that was good. It's good that I don't know it. Because it's a terrible thing to go into the rest of the day. The funny part that we were small in church is the 10th commandment. I won't do it. Why, do, why, why don't you teach us John 3.16? I I I want you to notice that this, the even people that are not Christians, they know John jump Christians. Because the Holy Spirit sponsors the good news. He doesn't sponsor the law anymore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Romans 7, verse 5. It says, For when we were in the reign of the flesh, the sinful passion aroused by the law were at work in us. So that we bore fruit for death. Listen. The Bible is saying that, Paul is saying that when I knew the law, he says, sin aroused in me. And he said that I brought fruits to death. That means I produced dead works. He says, But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law. So that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Hallelujah. He says, What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is holy, the law is righteous, the law is good. But the problem with the law is that the law cannot make you holy. The law cannot make you righteous. The law cannot give life. The law cannot save you. That's the problem with the law. The law will show you everything, how holy God is, how righteous it is, but it can't make you anything about It, it can't make you perfect. Hallelujah. Let's read the next verse. He says, it says, I would, verse 7, I would have not known what sin is had it not been for the law. For I would have not known what coveting really was. It was not the Lord that said, You shall not covet. So Paul had a problem with covetousness. And how did he get to know he had it? The Lord told him. If he didn't know the Lord, you would wouldn't have known you had it called covetousness. How do you know you used to lie? Because the Lord is hitting your heart already. You know you are doing the wrong thing. That's what the Bible says. Praise God. But you see, brothers and sisters, we are joined as with Christ Jesus. Can you say Amen? amen. Can you say Amen? amen. Romans chapter seven, verse four. It says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you also were put to death in regard to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that you might bear fruit unto God. See, I bear fruit unto God. Amen. Say I bear fruit for God. Yes, and listen. Even Paul was angry at the Galatians for mixing the old covenant with the new. In Galatians 3 verse 1, he called them foolish. He says, how can you start in the way of the Spirit and you want to go back to the works of the Lord? He says, terrible. The problem with Christians today is that we know that you cannot be saved except by Jesus Christ. But we think that we need the Lord for dealing with that's the problem. We think that the Holy Spirit is not good enough to direct us, to guide us, and to let us live the righteous life. We think it's not possible by the Spirit. So we want the law to thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not to keep us right. But the problem with thou shall not is that it's arousing you. Because that's the purpose of the law. So what is the purpose of the law? Why did God give the law? Do you want to know why? Hmm? I said, why did God give the law? Who knows why God gave the law? Let's look at it. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 7, verse 9. Oh, sorry. 1 Timothy chapter 1, from verse 7 to 9. Timothy 1 7. 1 Timothy chapter 1 from verse 7. Now when rush hour. I have many things to see. Praise God. He says, desiring to be teachers of the law. Let me Bible. I'm reading really energy. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they should confidently affirm. Verse 8, we know, listen, we know that the law is good if one uses it properly. The law is good, but what is it for? Verse 9, we also know that the law is made not for the righteous. The law is not made for the Christian. So who is it made for? It is made for lawbreakers, for rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers, mothers, for murderers. Look at what the Bible says. It says the law is not for the righteous. Say the law is not for me. God. Who is it for? It's for those that are not Christians. Why? Because the law will point you, will show you all your wrongs, show you how sinful you are, so that you will come to Christ. Once you come to Christ, you no not in the law anymore. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say amen? Amen. If you will think I'm joking. Galatians 3 verse 23. I'll read the Bible for you. I'm not telling you personal revelation. Even though it's personal revelation, but it's not personal revelation to me. And it was in his Bible. Praise God. Galatians three twenty three. Let's see it. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Twenty four. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Did you see that? Did you see that? He said that the law was your schoolmaster to bring you to Christ. So the law is like the tutor; it was the one coaching you to bring to the real owner. Look at it. He says, "But after that faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster." Hallelujah! Faith has come. You don't need the law anymore. Let me surprise you. When you study Hebrews eleven, verse one, you see by faith. Even by faith, Moses crossed the Red Sea. After he crossed the Red Sea. What was the mess by faith? What was the mess of when Joshua came out? Why? Because after they crossed the Red Sea, they asked God for the law. Once you have the law, no need for faith. Because the law has told you, if you want to get blessed, do this. If you want to be cursed, do this. Simple. But once you come in faith, you don't need the law anymore. The Bible says that the law was a schoolmaster. It says, but now that we are in Christ, we are no longer having the schoolmaster anymore. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say amen? amen. So the law taught us as unbelievers, showing us our sin. But once we come to faith in Christ, we don't need to use the law anymore. Praise God! Amen. I said, praise God! Amen. All right. So let's look at um, let's look at let's look at this. Say this together with me. Say, I'm dead to the law. Write it down. Say, I'm dead to the law. Because you've got to personalize this thing. Say, I am dear I'm dead to the law. Number two, say, I am not under the law. Now, say the third one. Are you with me? The second one. First one is what? If you have before, phone, write it down. This is this thing I'm saying now. Eh? If we didn't hear say, hear yeah, this one. Number one, I'm what? Number two. Number three, I am not supervised by the law. I am not supervised by the law. Number four, I don't serve in the old way of the law. I don't serve in the old way of the law. Number five, I can live in the newness and freedom of the spirit. I can live in the newness and the freedom of the spirit. This truth is black and white. That's simple as that. It's black and white. It's black and white. I've written everything down. Alright, so let's say together. I want to go. I am. Uh-huh. 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 The fifth one. Listen, try this week. Say it to yourself. Say, I am not under the law. Because you see, Bible says that they that are under the law are under the curse. The reason why many are sitting under the curse in their lives is because they are under the law. But guess what? The law was not made for you in the first place. The law was made for the Jews. In Bible days, God only had two types of people. They are called Jews and Gentiles. The Jews, God made the law for them. Gentiles had no law. So how come it's so difficult to drop the law? Because God never gave the law in the first place. The tenth commandment was given to Israel, not to to Greece, not to any other nation except Israel. They are the only ones that have the law. So why is it hard? I mean, how do Christians even carry the law in the first place? Because Christians only have one covenant. It is called the new covenant. The Jews have the old covenant and new covenant. So they are the ones that should be struggling. Because now that they are in faith, they still want to keep the law. (laughs) <laughs> are you saying that? But Christians, I mean, in those days, if you are going to go and meet any man and say, do you keep the law of Moses, you ask who is Moses? You don't know anybody called Moses, but because we have the Bible today, we don't know that not everything in Scripture is for your consumption. The Bible says that everything in Scripture is for your learning, but it's not for your consumption. Say it together with me. Say everything in Scripture is not for my consumption. It is for my learning. It is called history. History matters question I want to ask you. How many of you are Jews? How many of you your know blood lies a Jew? You? Or your blood, blood lies a Jew? So that means the law was not made for you in the first place. Because you are, you are not a Jew. Are you a Jew? Are You a Jew? you are not a Jew. So it's not for you. Gentiles have no law. The Bible says that they were aliens to the new covenant. To the covenant of Israel they were aliens for many people. God didn't even care about them until Jesus came. Now Jesus Christ has made both the Jew and Gentile one. And today, now God has three groups in the earth. The first one is called the Jew. The second one is called the Gentile. The third one is called the Church. Can you say Amen? amen. So the Church are those who have received the Spirit and they live according to the Spirit. So the question then is, what is the law that God writes in our heart according to Hebrews eight? Remember, in the old covenant, Jesus said the summary of the law is this two: love you. Love your God and love others as yourself. Right? So which law did God write in our hearts? Because if God wrote those two laws, we will say that He wrote the Old covenant in our hearts. But He didn't do that. The the law that God wrote in our hearts was what Jesus said in John 13 verse 34. He said that as Christ has loved me, as Christ has loved you, He says you love one another. So the summary of the law is love. But guess what? On that grace, we don't love our neighbor as ourselves. I hear what I'm telling you. Because some people don't in the first place. You don't love yourself, how can you love others? Under the law, you love your neighbor as yourself. Under grace, you love your neighbor as Christ has loved you. That's a new paradigm shift. So think about it. How, as Christ loved me, I transmit that same love to others. That is the new covenant we have today. So we love, them. God wants us to love others. But how do we love others? We love others as Christ has loved us. Say, as Christ has loved me. As Christ has loved me. Raise your right hand and say Say, as, as Christ has loved me, I will love others. As Christ has loved me, I will love what? So, how are you going to love others? How are you going to love others? So, how does Christ love you? Do you know it?